everybody doing this morning? Woo! It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, what we're going to do is I want to I want to pray over the kids, and before we have them go, we're going to have you blow the shofar. This is the last day for Rosh Hashanah, so we're going to begin to open up some things in the heavens today. I'm telling you, God has a special. You're going to be glad you're here today. God's going to move in a great and mighty way today. And I'm excited for that. Amen. Just help me by stretching your hands towards the altar. We just want to pray for our kids right now in the name of Jesus. We just bless them right now. We call forth the gifts and the talents that are in each and every one of these children. That these are amazing. These are amazing women of God. Young ladies of God. That they come forth right now. We bless the guys right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for them. And each and every one of them um, is to be blessed and highly favored in the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Let, before, before we do, we're going to do like a, on the count of three right afterwards. And we're just going to give the Lord a shout. Amen. Debbie. be seated hallelujah that was our count of three if y'all missed it so that was it hey let's worship the lord today he is worthy to be praised the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end we just thank you jesus for who you are today you are free to worship the lord today without any chains without any bondage without any religious things you just come and just lift up the lord of lord today
God, we thank you. You're always up to something good. We just worship you, God. We thank you for freedom.
will not stand still. We will not stand still. You're on the move, God. So we're on the move. We will not stand still, God, when you're on the move. You're on the move, God. So and they got to the Red Sea and they saw the Egyptians coming up from behind them and they start to panic and Moses says well let's just cry out to God and God says why are you crying out to me tell your people to get moving and as soon as they started moving that is when the Red Sea parted so God, we're sitting here crying out, yes, we need to move. But God is saying, will you move? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to take the first step. So why are you crying out to me? Get your people moving. Get your people moving. God, we just thank you. Where you go, we'll go. When you move, we'll move, God. dominion we have authority so when God wants to do something he does it through us so if he wants the chair to be moved somebody moves the chair right I mean we talked about it Wednesday night that it's the unseen God living in the unseen spirit of the man 
in the seen physical body on the seen physical earth. So it's the unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the seen. Say that fast. Unseen to the unseen, in the seen, on the seen. Come on, try it. Unseen to unseen, in the seen, on the seen. So when God wants something done, he's going to take his unseen spirit that lives in the unseen spirit of man, that lives in the physical seen body on the earth, come on, and, and, and do it on the seen earth. So when we want to move, we're saying, God, we want to move, and God's saying, you're the move. You're the move, you do it. I want the chair to be moved, well, then you move it. I want society to change, then guess what? We have a responsibility to change society. So I'm going to have you guys just just be seated a moment. You know, we got to do things differently. Um, I'm going to ask the worship team just to just to just to relax. I've got um, I've got a point of my message that I want to go ahead and give, and then I want to come back to that song. So if you guys will just be seated just a moment, and I'm going to have um, Mike real quick. I want to I, I'm, I guess what we're going to talk a little bit today about practical ways of healing. How many of you know there are some practical ways of healing? You know, it's like I had a heart attack um, three years ago, four, four years ago, and there were a practical thing that I needed to do, and that was get to the hospital. They put me on a helicopter. They took me down to Oklahoma City. The surgeon operated on me. Are you with me? Um, put two stints in, in an artery, my main artery, and I'm alive today. And I give God the praise and glory for that. Amen. And, and, but, but, you know, there are some practical things that, that I've had to do. So I, I was, this morning as I was praying, I worked on this message. This message has been permeating for a week, Bryce. This message has been permeating for a week. <laughs> that I, this was a message that I thought was last week's message that's really going to be this week's message. So I want to go ahead and get into something this morning because there's a place that I want us to get to and then we're gonna then we're gonna allow God to really do some healing today. Anybody want to be healed of something today? I want to be healed of something. Did everybody get one of these? Did you, anybody? If you did not get one, if you'll just kind of lift your hand up, and the ushers will get one in your hand because that's going to be important for you today. How many of you know we define ourselves sometimes by what's happened in our past? We define ourselves. There's some different groups that get together, AANA, they get together and they say, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And that's all good for those groups, but it's not good for the Word of God. The Word of God says, behold, the old has passed away, the new has come. Amen? That is my past, and now I operate in the newness of God, the freshness of God, the things of God. Are you with me? So my old man has passed away and my new man has come. And a lot of times we're defined by some of the mistakes that we make in our life. Oh, come on. I know I'm, in the, I'm talking to the right crowd here today. How many of you know we can make a mistake and you can always be remembered for that mistake? Go to a family reunion, you know, and your family gets together and they go, oh, there's Eric. 
Eric's 59, 60 years old, and you go up to somebody and they go, I remember you, and they grab your cheek and they pull your cheek and they, there's little Eric. Oh, weren't you the one that jumped off of that grain bin into all the grain that when the grain bin was full and almost lost your life? Wasn't that you? And you're like, oh, yeah, it was me, but that was 40 years ago. How many of but we're still remembered by sometimes the mistakes and stuff that we make. So I found this video, and, and, um, and, and I want to share with you about this video. This was a number five video on, on, on the NFL of mistakes, mistakes that you make. So I want, you, I want you to see this video about Jim Marshall, who plays, used to play for the Minnesota Vikings. Looking. Does, stops, throws, completes it to Kilmer up at the 30-yard line. Kilmer driving for the first down, loses the football. It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way. And he's running it into the end zone the wrong way. Thinks he scored a touchdown. He has scored a safety. His teammates were running along the far side of the field, Russ, trying to tell him to <laughs> How would you like to be remembered for that? So listen, listen, if some of you know baseball a little bit, there's a guy by the name of Cal Ripken, and they called him, he was a third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, and they called him an Iron Man. Cal Ripken is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. One of the reasons he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame is because he was the Iron Man. He never missed a game. In his 20-some-odd-year career, he never missed a game. And they play 161 games a year, and he never missed a game. He was the Iron Man. He was the Iron Man. Well, Jim Marshall was the Iron Man of the NFL. He played over 270 games as a starting defensive end, and he never missed a single game. He never missed a single game, but yet he's not in the NFL. He led his team in, in, in fumbles recovered over his period of time, and he's not in the NFL. He was a NFL middle uh, defensive end, and on his team was a guy by the name of Alan Page who is in the Hall of Fame. There's another guy by the name of Carl Eller who is a Hall of Fame. There was another guy, Paul Krause, who was a defensive back on that same team, and he was in the Hall of Fame. But Jim Marshall's not in the Hall of Fame. Do you know why he's not in the Hall of Fame? Because all they can remember is that he ran the wrong way. See, in our lives, we have made mistakes. In our lives, we've got past hurts. In our lives, we've got traumas and situations in our lives that we've gone through. And we've, like, we've, we've been like him. We ran the wrong way. Many of us ran the wrong way before we started running towards God. We were running away from God. Can I get an amen? So we run away. We run away from God. We run away from God. So I think it's sad that Jim Marshall can't get in the Hall of Fame, although he's done something that no other ball player has done by, by, by playing for 20 years and never missing a single football game. As physical and demanding as the NFL is, he never missed a football game. So what about you? 
there are some issues in our life sometimes that I believe God wants to cleanse. I believe he wants to heal. I believe this hurts or traumas that we've gone through our life. Maybe you've walked in and you've, you, you've, you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been married two or three different times. Maybe you, had a, maybe you were a child and you didn't have very good parents or your parents weren't at home. Or maybe you were adopted or maybe your parents didn't love you or maybe they didn't feel like you didn't feel like they loved you or maybe there was abuse or uh, verbal abuse physical abuse whatever that might be and that was many years ago and then and then it's it's hard getting over that and that's all you can be reminded by that maybe you had some failures in your life and you were you were in jail maybe you were in prison and maybe you've got a label on your life that's a felony and you you have a felony and you just can't seem to get over it and it's been 20 years now or it's been 15 years or even five years come on somebody maybe there's mistakes that we've made in our life and that's cost some things i know some people that that maybe have, 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 were driving in an automobile, there were others, and, and they got into an accident, and somebody was killed in that accident, and that trauma was still there in their life, and they haven't been able to get over that, and it's been many, 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 many years. And I thought today about, um, about how I could release some things in your life. The enemy likes to come, and, and he likes to hold those opportunities against you i don't know but here's what i know the bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of god i've fallen short i've i've, I've stumbled i've tripped i've fell how about you shorty we just we've gone through life and we've made mistakes and we've we've done some th things in our life that we're not proud of and how do we are able to get over those things? How are we able to survive of those things? Because there's times where our past hurts or maybe, maybe there's mistakes that you've made. Or maybe there's mistakes that somebody else has made. We call them transgressions against you. Where you were violated. You didn't do anything wrong. You are not responsible for it. But yet you were violated and you were hurt and you were, had to walk through some things. And those things are real and those things are difficult and they're real and they can come back and they can bother you year after year or month after month. Those are the situations that I believe God wants to bring some healing to, especially today. So I really, last week when I put this message together, it was part of the earlier in the week, I really thought about how do I label this and what's the name that I use? And I thought, practical ways of healing. Because we've got to be able to hear God. How many of you know this is a time, this is a season you need to hear from the Lord? You've got to hear God for yourself. Uh, Pastor Darren, who went home to be with the Lord, he told me one time, he, saw, he was like, Pastor Eric, he said, he said, I can hear God for other people, but I struggle hearing God for myself. But I can hear Him for other people, and we know that he not only was a pastor, but he prophesied, he was a prophet, he operated in that, and he could hear God for others. And we need to be able to hear God now. We need to be able to hear God in this season. We need to be able to hear God in this time. We need to be able to sub, be so in tune with the spirit of the living God that he says, uh, don't walk in that direction. Don't turn to the right at the light. Go to the left. Are you with me? We've got to be, I believe that we can come to that place where we can begin to hear God and listen to God. So God wants to bring healing. Everybody say healing. 
God wants to bring healing. He wants to heal the past hurts. He wants to heal the past pains. And some of you are probably going, wait a minute, you, you don't understand. I, I got a bunch. Well, God wants to heal a bunch. How many of you know many, many, many things? He wants to heal them. He wants to bring it. And, and I know people that have been addicted to drugs or alcohol and that have given their life to Jesus Christ. And man, that urge was gone. Just like that. But I know some people that struggle and have struggled for 20 years and are still struggling and are struggling and they keep on struggling and they've given their life to Christ and they love God and they love Him with all their heart, but yet there is something there that keeps them held back. It keeps them in bondage. It keeps them, it keeps them down. It keeps them to, to where they can't seem to move forward. And maybe I'm just preaching to myself today but sometimes my past sins might be able to be reminded when I go to a family reunion and 30 years ago somebody reminds me of something stupid I did. Here's what I know. We've probably all done something stupid. When the spirit of stupid comes on people, man, I mean, you know, it's just like what in the world is going on? You can turn on the TV now and you can see the spirit of stupid on people rioting and, and burning down people's buildings and, and people that are working hard to build a business and they're tearing it up for no reason at all. But there are, those are still hurts and those are still pains and they're there. Those traumas that are there that are real. In fact, psychologists talk about not only the physical uh, uh, things that it does to your body, but the emotional things that you can do. But there can be traumas in your life and hurt and pain that you're bringing through your life. Did you know that actually can cause you physically to struggle, to be able to do that? And I want us to look at this. I want us to look real quick. So I've got, oh gosh, I'm going to just, we're just going to start one. I've got like five different things or four or five different things that I really think that God wants to heal. And this is the one that we're going to go after today. Number one, the first thing that I want to give you is through forgiveness. God wants to heal through forgiveness. He wants to heal through forgiveness. We, we know that you may have every right to hold bitterness or unforgiveness because you were wronged and you didn't have any responsibility in the wronging, but somebody wronged you. That's... that's that, that's okay because it doesn't make it right that although I've wrong, uh, somebody's wronged me and I didn't do anything to be wronged, are you with me, that I still can't forgive them. So I want us to look at a couple scriptures. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25, it says, When you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you of your trespasses. And these are, this is, sometimes this is hard to, to understand. He says, when we're standing there praying that if anybody has anything against you, forgive them. Are you kidding me? God, you don't know what they did to me. Well, God really does know what they did to you. And God knows what was taking place. He wasn't unaware. Well, why didn't you do something? I'm telling you, God is there to help you be healed through that trauma that you've gone through. He is there. And a lot of times when we pray with people, we, we have them go back and look to see where God is. 
And there are times where you don't, you just don't see where he is. Debbie, you don't see that he is involved. He's wanting to work some things out for you. And we look at that because you know what? The unseen spirit of God lives in the unseen spirit of man in the physical seen body on the physical earth. And when, when, when there are some things that we know that when God's moving in us that we need to be able to do. And when we look at that, I want us to be able to, to look at this thing called forgiveness or unforgiveness. You ever dealt with unforgiveness? We all have. We all do. There's times it's offense can come and an offense, we can be hurt and you can take borrowed offenses. Somebody can hurt Terry and because Terry's a brother of mine, I, I love him dearly. And if they hurt him, then I take up his offense. Are you with me? And, and, and that, that's really not right to do either. I still love Terry and I'll be with Terry through that. But if I take up his offense and I'm mad and I'm mad at somebody else and I'm mad at them and I really have no reason they did nothing wrong to me or against me and I've got to deal with those. So in Mark when he says whenever you stand praying, forgive. Everybody say forgive. He says to be able to forgive. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my fault. Will you forgive me? <laughs> Will you guys forgive me for putting up the wrong scripture? Okay. Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Um, whenever you stand praying, forgive. And he says, forgive. We need to forgive. So this is going to not really be easy for our next few moments. This piece of paper. I'm asking you to, number one, write down somebody that you need to forgive. Okay? Write down somebody. As I'm speaking, as I'm talking, as the Holy Spirit's moving, there's pens behind the seat. If you guys need them, uh, just hold up your hand and the ushers will get you a pen or something. But there, every other chair should have a pen back there. See if you can locate that pen. But there's, there's, that's the first thing. I want you to forgive, write down who this person is. It could be Uncle Bob. It could be your father. And, and there, if that person has gone home to be with the Lord or that have, has died, you know what I'm saying? It's, you still need to forgive them. We still need to release forgiveness. So let me give you another scripture as you're thinking about that. Colossians 3.13. Let's see if I've got that one right. Colossians 3.13. It says, So those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. So if you, if we are going to operate in the kingdom of God, we're going to step into this dimension that's here, then we've got to come to that place where we have compassion, we have kindness. Now listen, just because somebody's running all over you doesn't mean that you don't say stop. Because, well, I've got to have compassion, I've got to be kind. I'm telling you, my compassion and kindness is back off, Jack, when the enemy's coming after me. Are you with me? Yes. Otherwise, I'll take you out. 
So you got to understand that when, as you're, as you're walking through these things, the principles in the word that he talks about kindness and com- compassion and humility and gentleness. I mean, there's been times where people have abused us and have not been gentle with us. I want you to write those people down. If you've gone through a divorce and you're harboring unforgiveness, I want you to write the person down. If you've been hurt as a child or um, have been beaten or abused verbally, um, threatened, um, bullied, I mean, we need to put this down here. So he goes on and he talks about kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And he says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And this is hard. This is really hard. Because you're like, I don't want to let them off the hook. My human self is like, I don't want to let them off the hook. I want to be mad at them the rest of my life. And that's probably the easy thing. The hard thing is letting them off the hook. I'm not saying, listen, listen, I'm not saying that you will not remember what has happened. But what has happened will not have control over you. Not that you won't remember what has happened. You know, and I've had people say, well, you know, God's going to throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. I said, that's God. God's the one that will take those things and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, and he's not remembering it. In other words, he's not going to remind you of it. He's not going to bring it up just because you went through a situation and he's going to say, remember 22 years ago on October 23rd, this happened or you did this or you did that and I got a mark up here. God's not doing that. But how do I walk through and forgive somebody that rightfully I don't want to forgive them? You know why I don't want to forgive them? Because I want bad stuff to happen to them. Are you with me? Come on, can I be transparent? This is a real deal. But see, when, you're, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ and you walk into the kingdom of God, you enter into this dimension, there's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And in all of that is also forgiveness. But I can't forget. No, you, you won't forget. Now, there are times, I'm telling you, there are some things that I try to forget because it says in Corinthians 13 that love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It says it does not keep records of wrongs. Wow. Wow. So the wrongs that I've done to you, Don't keep record of them. People that have wronged us personally as pastors, as ministers, and we've come back later and seen them in a restaurant, and people are going, why can you come up and and love on those people like that? Because I'm not keeping a record of their wrong. I'm telling you, life is better if you don't keep records of those wrongs. If you're not trying to keep score. So he talks about... Bearing one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, you forgive them. And it goes on and it says, just as the Lord forgave you. Now let me ask you a question. 
You may have broken the law. We talked about situations earlier that, that may, may have broken the law. It may have been last 20 years ago, two weeks ago, last night. You can still be forgiven. What is the, what's the situation that you're walking through? Because God forgave us. Jesus himself walked carrying the cross. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was innocent. Come on, somebody. I could go on and on. And I think about what he went through, what happened to him, and, and the blood coming from his head. They put a crown of thorns on his head. How mean can that be? They beat him 39 times. Lashes on his back. They handmade a whip and put chips of bone in it and steel ball bearings to where the weights would actually rip into the skin when he pulled them back. Think about that. And he didn't do it. What did he do? They, they had him guilty. You're guilty of what? Of what? Being the king of Jews. <laughs> being the king of the Jews. Saying that he's a king. That's why Pontius Pilate, he said, I'm not going to have anything to do with this. I'm washing my hands of this. Jesus himself went through all these things, watched him nail him to the cross, watched the, watched the blood come out of his feet, watched him stick the spear in him. Do you know that he looked down at all of the people that were responsible? And what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Paraphrasing it. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm thinking... What? He had the power, and he, we know he had the power because he made the comment to Pilate that he had the power to call down angels. He said, look, if you weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing, I'd, get my, I'd, get the, I'd call down angels on you, and this thing would be over. He had the power at his disposal to call down armies of angels that could have wiped him out. And he, he still looked at them. And said, Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. If we're going to talk about practical healing, then let's deal with it. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. Emotionally, there's something that's going to change. Mentally, there's something going to change. Could change even physically in your body. That when we begin to release these people or situations or circumstances, how they've hurt you, that something's going to change. Can we get deeper? Can I go deeper? Y'all, y'all are probably done. Y'all are probably wore out. Just that's it. We're good. That's don't do any more. Will you let me go deeper? Can I tell you who the person that you really need to forgive is? Yourself. Put that down. Put it down. We want you to put it down. You need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. There are things that you've done in your life that maybe you've seen something, maybe you've watched something, maybe you've put yourself in a situation and, and, and you're still holding it against yourself. It's okay to forgive yourself. It's okay to say, my sins are forgiven. In fact, Jesus himself, when he saw some, the, the guys that they tore open the roof and they lowered the man down on the mat and they were looking at him, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Do you not hear me? Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins. Turn to somebody and just point at them and say, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins. My sins are forgiven. Yours and 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 yours. And what didn't Jesus basically say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And all that they have done to them. And trust me, they did a whole lot more than they could ever do to you. That's ever going to be done to you in your life. And you might have had some bad stuff happen to you, but not being able to forgive yourself is holding you in bondage. I didn't, I didn't put this down on, on the PowerPoint, but Ephesians 4, verse 33, it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Who can you put down there? Who needs to go on that sheet? But you know who is the main person that needs to go on that sheet? You. Put your, I'm asking you to put your name down there. I'm telling you, God's going to do something today. As you look at this, it's hard. It's hard to look at this. Aunt Bob and Uncle, Uncle Bob, excuse me, and Aunt Martha and, and Tom and Joe and, and this person and that person and this other person has hurt me and this person hurt me and they said these bad things about me and they, they, they did this to me and I saw this stuff that really wasn't good and I didn't know how to do it and when I was down, they kicked me and they made it worse and the divorce that I went through and the situations that I've gone through where I've got beaten up in this situation or I've beaten others up in this situation and all these things that I've done out of hurt and out of shame and out of guilt and out of bitterness and unforgiveness and all those things that I've gone through that the words that we've said you don't even have to physically accost somebody you can tell them you know the words that need to be said that will cut somebody down I Shelley knows my weaknesses i try to hide them from y'all most of you guys have known them over the many 20 years that 22 years you've seen me stumble and fall and you've seen my weaknesses right and you still forgive me maybe i need to be the name that you put down there you still forgive me but shelly knows me man she knows me and she knows you know what she knows most of all how to hurt me you guys could say some things, and it won't hurt me. If she says something, it hurts me. And she knows, and I know how to hurt her. Oh, come on. Don't those people closest to you, you know their faults. You know you could bring up something, whether it was 22 years ago, and how they would act or react of that, that situation. Put on that piece of paper. Put it down. Write it down. Write it down. Y'all writing down stuff? I don't see anybody write, writing down stuff. Maybe you've all filled it out. Does anybody need another one? We can pass out more than one if you need it. So, Because uh, I want us to be able to understand that when you are kind-hearted and forgiving each other, that you, when you forgive each other, that God, God's forgiven you. How many of you know my wife has forgiven me, but it sure does make a difference, Jackie, when I come up and say, baby, will you forgive me? I know she's forgiven me, but when I ask her for forgiveness, it does something, doesn't it? 
And it's the same way with us. It's the same way with God. It's the same way when, when, when we say, God, forgive me. I know I'm already forgiven even before I ask because doesn't the scripture say that God even knows what I'm going to ask before I ask it? So then obviously he knows I, I, I'm forgiven even before that. But, the, but I'm telling you, there is a responsibility for us with healing that God wants to bring some healing in our life today. I don't want to be the church that you just come in, sing a few songs, you know, have a prophetic word. We have a message and you all go home and your life is the same it was when you came in. I want to be the church that when you, that others go, be careful when you walk in that church. Why? Because you're liable to be set free. You're liable to be delivered. You're liable to be loved. You're liable to be brought to the place where you now are not dealing with religion. You are a relationship and building a relationship with the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You are now going to all of a sudden get access to the Father that you didn't have access before. The Holy Spirit is going to begin to continue to move in your life. And we're going to deal with those forgiveness things. Because I want you to walk forward free. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. I want you to walk forward free. Why are you carrying that stuff into the next era? Why are you carrying? Let's not carry it in to the new year. 2021 is going to be a lot different. Are you with me? We're entering into the new year, the Hebraic new year. And as we're entering into that new year, I don't want to carry the same garbage. Can I be real? I don't want to carry the same garbage that I carried in for the past 10 years. I want to walk into that new year and I want to step into that new year and I want to release who I need to release, forgive who I need to forgive. And guess who the number one person is? Me. You've got to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Will you forgive yourself? Because when you forgive yourself, what about the choices? I can go through and, man, I should have made a different choice here. Man, I should have made a different choice here. Man, I should have made a different choice. I should have made, I should have made, I should have made, I should have made. Religion will weigh me down so much because I didn't do what I should have done. But I can't undo what's been done. I can't change what I did 20 years ago. The only thing I can change is today and the future. As I walk into that. So what about forgiveness? If he says for us to bear with one another. Forgiving each other. And whoever has a complaint against you. You forgive them. Just as God has forgiven us. And Ephesians 4. It says be kind and compassionate. Tender hearted. Forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ Jesus. Has forgiven me. He's forgiven you. Wow. The most one of the most powerful forces in the kingdom of God is forgiveness. God forgives people. God will forgive you. Don't think you've done something you cannot be forgiven for. You're sitting here. You're watching us online. I'm telling you, God can forgive you for everything that you've ever done that's been wrong, displeasing to him, that's transgressed or violated others, that's done other things. God is the God that we serve. He's our heavenly father that says, I will forgive you. And he's calling you as sons and daughters back to his lap. 
back to his embrace, back to holding, back to hugging, back to saying, I want relationship with you. Here's how this works. Y'all want to know how this works? You probably know how this works. Tatum is a representation of Jesus. And I am God the Father. This is my understanding how this works. I am God the Father. Tatum is Jesus. Cooper has sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. But he's a follower and believer of Jesus Christ. So he is seated with Tate, with Jesus. <laughs> hey, Jesus. He, he's seated with Jesus, right? He's with Jesus, seated in heavenly places, up here, above everything, and God the Father. Cooper makes a mistake and he sins. He has a thought that's not pure or does something stupid or whatever. And the father goes to look to, to Cooper and what's he see? The blood of Jesus Christ has covered his sin. So the father turns to look to Cooper as a son of a child of the Most High God and, and if I can say this, he looks through Jesus, through the blood, and sees Cooper holy, sees him righteous, and sees him pure. What? I can prove that. The question is, can you disprove it? Because when the Father and the Son... And then the Holy Spirit's doing the work in the earth through the unseen spirit of man. When he looks at it, he looks at Jesus and he shed his blood. He's paid the penalty for sin once and for all, past, present, and future. Are you with me? He's taken the judgment, Cooper's judgment, of burning... I'm going to put it this way. I know y'all don't like it, but burning in hell... He's taken the judgment of being absent from the presence of God. Jesus has taken that, shed the blood, cleansed that. Now the Father looks to Cooper and he sees him as a child of the Most High God, even though he's messed up. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise for that. So when we, when we look at that and when we see that, we don't realize, see, it's like, how can God, how can, well, God can do some stuff. Then you, and he's, his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He can do some stuff and forgive some stuff. Come on. That if we will begin to take these things right here that we've got. Is there anybody else you need to add to there? Is there any situation you need to add to there? What's going on that... What is it that's holding you back? The very one that you go, ah, that's not a big deal. It is. Put it on there. No matter what. I would, I would rather make a mistake by adding too many on here than not enough. Amen? Your sins are forgiven. The woman with the issue of blood. Oh, excuse me. The woman that Jesus met at the well. When Jesus, and she came out there, and she, Jesus said, can you draw me some water? And she's like, I'm a Samaritan. I draw you some water. I, I, I don't I w- I even know you would even associate with me. And she, remember the one that had five, five husbands? And he goes, and the one you're with now is not even your husband. You know what I mean? And she's like, oh, you, you must be a prophet. What's the, one of the first things he told her? Your sins are forgiven. 
See, when Jesus has compassion on us, our sins are forgiven. And then our sins are forgiven, and then we are beginning to be cleansed and healed and whole. See, it's not, it's your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions that we're dealing with right now. You may not want to step into what God has for you because you think, number one, you're not worthy. Maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. God says you're worthy. God says you are worthy. God says you are beautiful. God says you are amazing. God says you are more than a conqueror. God says you are joint heirs with Jesus. Come on, somebody. And we have been so, we have been so ingrained in what we aren't that we've got to come back to that place and say, no, this is what I am, and this is what God says I am, and this is what he says that I am. I am loved. Say that with me. I am loved. Say, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. That doesn't mean that you just say, okay, I do this, and then uh, I ask God for forgiveness, and it's all good. It's good, but there may be consequences that you've got to walk out. Come on. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't remove the consequences, does he? But there are some times where it's called the mercy of God, where the consequences are you should get this, you deserve this, but you don't get it. That's his grace, his mercy. It's that same time of deal that I told you that I was caught speeding and I was in the officer's car and, gosh, who was with? No, there wasn't anybody here with me. And I was in the officer's car and I was, you know, it was, I was driving fast. I deserved a ticket. There's no doubt. And I wasn't upset. I wasn't mad at the officer. I just thought, okay, you'll give me the ticket. He was like, why are you driving so fast? I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I know you've heard a lot of different things. I know there's been a lot done. I said, but when I left today to go to the farm with a couple of guys that were with me, my wife told me, she said, Eric, don't be late. It's Sophia's birthday party today at 6 o'clock. I need you there on time. You know why? Because she knows me. I'll work till sundown if I can. I need you there on time. And I told this officer, when my wife told me that, guess what? I'm going. And he was like, and then all of a sudden he said, get out of my car. He didn't give me a ticket, and I'm grateful for that. But he took off and went in the other direction. And the other guys I went to go get in my truck, they were already making phone calls. They thought my truck was going to be impounded. They were making phone calls for somebody to come get them in Buffalo because I just got pulled and I was driving too fast, and they're going to impound my truck, and all this other stuff was going on. I got in the vehicle, and I drove off, and I realized it was like that's the mercy of God. I deserved it. I earned it. Are you with me? But his mercy, not his grace, his grace is his unmerited, undeserved favor, but his mercy was judgment was on there, and I should have paid that judgment, and he gave, and he, and, and he gave me mercy to where I didn't have to pay that judgment or that fine or anything else. And I've tried to slow down since then. <laughs> I'm going to put down the officer on my forgiveness thing here. God wants to... This is where we're going today. I want to deal with forgiveness. So I'm going to have the worship team, that last song they just sang. I want us just to, just to meditate on the Lord. I want you to look at that sheet and write those things down. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it may stir up some other emotions. I know it may stir up some things in your life. But I'm telling you, if you'll just 
believe me and trust God that when you put that name on that paper or that situation on that paper, and we're going to come up. I have got up here, and I'm asking you guys just to use social distancing protocol. So just come up because when you, when you have put that on there, I, want you, I, I don't want you to hand it to me because I don't want to know your mess. Are you with me? I believe that God's going to bring healing. And if you're ready, when you're ready, during the song, I'm just going to have you come on up and put this in the shredder. And you don't have to take that home with you. You can leave it there at the foot of the cross. We're going to call that the foot of the cross, the shreddinator. Okay? I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm let God do what he's going to do. Let's just begin to worship the Lord and you sing this song. And during this song, as the Lord leads, you just come and shred that, that, that forgiveness situation right there and let God deal with it. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loose. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. The wonders are still what you do. Mountains are still being
I had one word, two or three, God said, heaven has come down in this house today. Hallelujah. Heaven, heaven wants to manifest in the earth. Amen. Pastor Eric said something to me. He said, some of you, and maybe you included that, but you need to forgive God. You need to forgive God for not doing something that you are believing him for, not acting on something that you wanted him to act on, not performing a way that you wanted him to perform in your life. He's not a genie God. He's your father. And even in this natural realm, our fathers can't do everything for us. He can't fix everything, can he? God can fix everything, but does he always fix everything? His goal is to fix our hearts of whatever we're going through, whatever we're walking out. He wants to fix this right here. So, Father, we forgive you for any area that we've held judgment against you. We love you, Father God. We love you, and we know you are our answer to everything. I thank you, Father, for every, every person here. I thank you for healing that took place within our hearts. As we release forgiveness to all those that have wronged us and to ourselves. Thank you for healing, emotional healing, physical healing. Thank you, Father. God is good all the time. If you didn't have an opportunity to give we didn't really say you're welcome to come up and give your tithes and offerings now and those of you that know Pastor Eric is turning 6-0 <laughs> woohoo the big 6-0 he is joining the 60's club on Thursday so if you, wanna, if you want to bless him with anything daddy you want to say anything <laughs> if you want to bless, bless Pastor Eric and sow into him you can put it in this little basket. This last week, I did a really intelligent thing. I picked up a heavy 12-foot gate and moved it where I didn't want it. And then I went and got another 12-foot gate that was a little lighter and put it where it belonged. Well, I've been sitting for probably longer than I like. But with your prayers... And my wife's prayers, I think that everything, I know that everything is fine, and I'm walking around good. It's, it's going away in Jesus' name. I think I'm Go ahead. Daddy's like, remember the old commercial, when E.F. Hutton speaks, you listen? 
Daddy's kind of like that. He doesn't have many words, so we rejoice in his healing. Amen. Amen. He's touched his back, and he's, he's walking without assistance. Amen. Okay, so, hap, hap, oh, pa, Eric's not done. I want, if you've been hurt at a church, sometimes we feel like we're following God and we're doing the best we can to follow God. And if you've been hurt at a church, I'm asking for forgiveness as a pastor, as a leader, to where we're taking responsibility for that a lot of churches there's a lot of judgment and we're trying to develop a church that there is no judgment we let God do the judging let him judge he's the ultimate judge and I'm asking you to forgive us on behalf of any pastor ministry church that's hurt you ourselves I'm asking you to forgive us for that Handing it back to me. All right. So, Father, I thank you that you lead and guide us, direct us this next week. Thank you that we walk out of here lighter, freer, burdens lifted, because your yoke is easy. Yes, your burden is light. We thank you that. We lean into you in all that we go through and all that comes our way and that is hard. We choose to lean into you. We choose to lean into your love, your grace, your mercy, your strength, your forgiveness. We lean into you. And Father, I bless each family as they go forth. I pray increase blessings to overtake them I thank you Father that wisdom overtakes them this week they walk in your wisdom they walk in wisdom in their choices let their choices be blessed so that it brings increase and not decrease in their lives Lord I thank you that you strengthen us and you help us to walk in your ways we choose to obey you because we love you and that obedience does bring blessings in our lives and father we just we pray father that you just protect everyone here you protect their families you protect their extended families protect their friends i thank you father that you are our shield of protection that you go in front of us, behind us, beside us, all around us, that angels are released on assignment for us this week. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you.